it feels good to be back in New York. John, you're in New York. I, I mean, you're in Maryland. Sorry. Yes, you are. I'm in Maryland. Maryland, yes. It just feels good to be here, people. But That's welcome right. to Shaken and Disturbed. I'm Darren Carp here with John Thrasher. And we have an interesting case for you guys this week. Now, if you listen to our NMR, you know that the Rangers were playing. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're recording this, so I don't really know if the Rangers are going to win tonight. But let's just hope. Yeah. And pray. Well, by the time this comes out, we will know. That this comes out that the Rangers have won and that the Rangers have also won on Saturday. But just putting out good juju vibes out there. Anyone, thoughts and prayers in this moment for my Rangers? This is my, this is your Serena Williams moment for me. You know what I mean? It is, except Serena Williams has won more than the Rangers <laughs> recently. So, That's fair. Yeah. You know, very, yeah. very tough. But um, Do you think that you'll welcome- show up next week if they don't win? Like, maybe you'll need another week off. I don't know. I I, I just... John, don't confuse me with your schedulings. <laughs> I, 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 well, we should mention we were we took a an abrupt week off last week. We we did the live stream the week before for our sussy radishes and that we, that we did lots of scheduling things. I mean, frankly, this time of year is kind of tough. And Darren, I know you're about to be moving, so you've got a lot of things coming up for you. Are you how are you feeling about that? Briefly, for those who are listening to this week's episode. Yeah, not until July. I'm thinking maybe we'll do like a special NMR about it because I'm having a lot of feelings. So it'd be nice to have like, maybe we could do like an NMR therapy session about it. Oh, I love that. Um, Not moving until mid-July. So I have have some time, but you know, I have like all the feels, I think, that one is supposed to feel about. Big transition. Um, But yeah, I think with the whole like news organization, not only Biden putting his bid in, Tucker Carlson, Don Lemon, Jerry Springer dying, all these things. True crime has kind of been not, it's been on the back burner a little bit. I mean, frankly, there's always crimes. I mean, if you remember that Cohasset <laughs> right. murder, Brian Walsh was getting um, indicted for that charge for killing his wife. So there's always some true crime news. And I think, you know, yeah. maybe we're going to start hitting it up at the beginning of the show. Just some like sure. updates on anything true crimey. But yeah, it's just been like a weird, funky week. <laughs> I can't believe it's May. I know. What's going on? How is it 2023 and it's like, about to be may of all times it's so weird spring i don't know about you and we'll get into this week's episode in a second but spring always like comes and goes really quickly for me like it'll be two weeks yeah it'll be like freezing cold two weeks of mild weather and then it's summer to be fair this year it has been a pretty normal ish spring at least where i am but yeah it's may 2023 your birthday's coming up soon by the way let's not forget that Yes, Lots of things to look forward to. By um, the time you send my gift, I'll be in Los Angeles. It'll arrive in New York and you'll never see it again. That's the sad mm. reality of all of this. Never see it again. Well, but, the good uh, news is you have yeah. your new address, so you can give it to me and I can try to send it there. I mean, we'll have to see how this how this all plays out. <laughs> it's all going to be an experiment, people. It's Absolutely. It's all going to be an experiment. Yeah. But uh, John, let's get into this week's case. Yeah, and speaking of birthdays, Darren, turning 18 is supposed to be the beginning of a brand new chapter, you know, of a lot of young people's lives, especially... I'll let you know when I get there. Yeah, let me know when you turn 18. That'd be great. I will. How would you... In, in one word, how would you describe yourself at 18? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me think of what mine would be. That's a really good question. I th- um... I was almost said straight, which would have been funny. Well, true. Just dating a guy. Yeah. Um, eighteen. Ish. Um, like ambitious. Yeah, I that was say. what mine was going to be. Curious was going to be mine. 
Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think that's most 18 that's year olds. That's most right? 18 because year it's olds. Like, yeah. That's true. You're old and it's so weird because it's like you're old enough to fight in a fucking war, but you're not old enough to drink. So it's just like this weird. <laughs> yeah. You're an adult, but not really. You're still yeah. a teenager. I know. Everyone's like, oh, you're still a kid. And I'm like, I don't know. By the time I was 18, I mean, I was 18 for the second half of my senior year of high school. So, like, in that way, I did feel like a kid, so to speak. But, like, I don't know. By 19, I mean, everyone has a different life experience. But, like, you know, I was ready to, like, get my own place, get to college, go make my life for myself. Like, I was eager to be an adult, I guess you could say. So I I feel like, for me, I I didn't feel like a kid when I was 18. But some people do, you know. Yeah, I remember just earning my own money as a waitress. And that always felt great to have, like, cash at the end of the night, you know, to do something. And Yeah. Yeah, it kind of seems crazy because that was 17 years ago Seven, for me. Oh, my God. Wow, even longer for me. Yikes. All right, yeah. let's move right along, actually. Let's move on. Yeah, anyway, you're fin- like we said, you're finally done with school and presented with this whole new variety of possibilities and newfound freedoms. That's definitely how I felt. And some choose their edu- to you know continue their education right away, while others opt to join the workforce, the military, Some people play it cool and don't really hit up anything. Some people are still figuring it out, which, by the way, I think is completely acceptable. Like, we were. I do. I don't think we should shove college down people's throats if they're not ready because it's too expensive. And I do think there's a lot to be said for apprenticeship and trade school and learning a skill and a a trade. Because, like, you're going to get money that way. You know, people always need electricians and plumbers and carpenters and things like that. So I'm not one of those people who says, like, you have to go to college. Well, I feel like you and I grew up in an era where that is what it was. It was like you either go to college or you're a failure, so to speak. And, you know, I look back and I'm so thankful about my college years. Like I was just talking to a friend last night about how much I loved college. And I made such, you know, yes, I earned a degree and everything like that. But it was really the social aspects of college that really, I think, set a foundation for my life that was very different. But looking back, you know, you know, paying these student loans off like I have the last 10 years, which aren't really cripples, that paid off. It's it crippling. Cripple, it, it really is. People. It cripples people. And the more the government subsidizes education, the more more expensive it's going to get. And then they're like, well, you have to get a college degree. And it's like, do you? Because like uh, my parents spent quarter of a million dollars on my college degree and I'm yeah in entertainment. <laughs> right. You know, and using your personality. Exactly. Well, anyway, regardless of whatever... You mean my boobs, right? Your boobs. You say only personality. Fans. I'm talking okay. about OnlyFans, specifically. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Okay, we're on Which, by the way, we'll link to in the show notes if you want Darren's Obviously, OnlyFans. thank you. That's for free. You don't. Need, I don't even charge people. Oh, wow, how wonderful. By the way, is that oh. the thing Like we should say instead of like sign up for Patreon, we should just be like... For for links to our OnlyFans, click you know click the link in the show notes. I think I'm going to yes. do that. I'm going to bait and switch people into OnlyFans, but it's actually Patreon. and I love that we're telling them and we're telling that them we're now baiting and switching them. Well, listen, yeah. this is a good test. Are you a listener of the show every week and you know what's going on? Then you're able to avoid it. Otherwise, see you on OnlyFans. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Well, anyway, we're getting so off topic. Regardless of which path is chosen, chosen, it's not uncommon for a young person to want to let loose and celebrate a bit before officially joining adulthood. Most people have, you know, eight, 16, 18, 21 are kind of like the big birthdays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in August of 1967, two friends would go on a road trip unlike any other that would end in both serving time in prison. The names of those two young men were Thomas Eugene Braun and Leonard Eugene Maine. 
Thomas. Interesting that they both had middle names. Middle names of you. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Thomas Braun was born in Washington State in 1949. His mother passed away when he was very young. And as a result, frankly, of a back alley abortion, which is, of course, yeah. really tragic and an unsettling that's, reality that a lot of people in a lot of states. Yeah, may that's f- a touchy, touchy yeah. subject today. Super, super prescient. Unfortunately. Yeah, sadly. Thomas and his younger sister were then left to care uh, to take sorry to the care of their alcoholic father. So, you know, it's one thing if you lose a parent, but then when the other parent is alive but an alcoholic, that's just a lot of things for children to navigate. Um, some of his earliest memories, sadly, include being locked in the family truck with his sister for hours at a time while his father went to pubs. Not a good look. Not a good. Not a good parent. Their father had a nasty temper, which you could probably imagine. And when he drank, that only intensified, often resulting in violence within the household. As Thomas grew older, he began acting out at school, often getting in trouble for starting fights and bullying classmates. And by the way, this is what happens when you're conditioned to be on the defense when you're a child um, with your own parents and the people that are supposed to be taking care of you. I mean, this is a psychology 101. When you're a hammer, everything's a nail. Exactly. Oh, I love that. By the time he was in high school, he had clung especially to another boy in his grade, this man who would become a man eventually named Leonard Maine. And Leonard was described as sort of dim-witted and easily influenced. It kind of makes me think of Mice and Men. Yeah. <laughs> Based on records taken by psychologists, he would most likely be diagnosed with some sort of mental learning disability today. That criteria has obviously widened, you know, people who have Asperger's or people mm-hmm. who have autism. Not that those are the same thing. I'm just saying that those criteria have widened. So there's more people in those criteria now than there were beforehand. So correct. Thomas was an exceptionally bold personality, a trait Leonard seemed extremely predispos- predisposed, excuse me, to latch onto. In fact, Leonard would do almost anything Thomas asked of him. And this did not go unnoticed by Thomas. Mm. I, I think we see where this is kind of going. Yeah. Earlier that year, both boys had graduated high school together and turned 18. Throughout the summer, Thomas worked as an attendant at a local gas station in Ritzville. And in August of 1967, as the summer was starting to come to its end, Thomas came up with a with an idea, a okay. brilliant idea. Okay. After clocking out from his shift, Thomas got in his car and went to pick up Leonard, much like he did nearly every day. But this time, he the two set out on a spontaneous road trip without telling any friends or family. And they brought with them two pistols, a 22 caliber Ruger automatic and a 22 caliber Colt single action pistol, and not much else besides the clothes on their back. This is purely a man thing. <laughs> I mean, I can see what you're saying, but let me say this. Have you ever set out on a road trip? You know, recently on NMR uh, the other day, you had just talked about a road trip with your brother going to the yes. Pez Museum. That's right. Did either of you pack a 22 caliber Ruger automatic pistol or a 22 caliber Colt single action pistol in your bags? My brother did. Your brother did. Okay, that's what I figured. I um, only just had water. You had water. Okay, gotcha. Of course. You know, that's my brother. But that, this is what I mean. I mean, let's let's stop and think about this for a second. Like, obviously, if you're packing guns into a road trip, you don't necessarily, it doesn't mean you have an intention, but it means you may be expecting something to happen that would require a gun, whether that's self-defense or something else. So 
I don't know. That alone kind of gets you into the headspace of where these two people seem to be at this point in their lives. It does seem a little premeditated because it's not like you're going out yeah. in the woods or something and you need to protect yourself from right. animals. Well, you know, they again, they didn't really have any set destination in mind or plan. They just kind of went. And the two boys got on the road heading west. And by the next day, they were in Seattle. They didn't <laughs> oh have God. a lot of money between the two of them. So they decided to fund their, fund their impromptu vacation in a rather unorthodox way. Thomas only and Leonard's fans? first stop no. was okay. was OnlyFans, obviously. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the natural which, thing. Which was Thomas around back then, yeah. <laughs> of course, in 1967, you bet. Yeah, Thomas yeah. and Leonard's first stop was a rooming house, which was owned and operated by an older woman. They stopped to discuss lodgings, but in the middle of the conversation, both boys pulled out their gun and took aim at the woman, who began obviously to shriek in terror. She was terrified. She was shaken and disturbed. And the two boys were <laughs> shocked and fled the scene without attempting to rob her. Their first attempt at robbery was unsuccessful. And I think this is sort of like this, whatever the opposite of Hardy Boys is in this sort of way. It's like, <laughs> yeah. these, like I'm going to just see if I can get away with it and do it. And I think the humanness in them, you know, especially yeah. when they're shrieking and being shocked, shock them into reality of what was going down. And so maybe they just like, they couldn't go through with it because their conscience was still yeah, viable. And they're young, right? Remember, they're 18. Like, who, you know, 18-year-old boys back then, you know, listen, the, the country was a different in a different place. You don't expect things like that as often. Yes. But also, you, you, you know, you're, you have to stop and wonder, like, what was the motive here? Like, they're, they're on a road trip. They need some money. Was it simply that? I mean, I guess we'll find out. But it's, I don't know, it's kind of sad in a way. But having gotten some of the nerves out, however, their next attempt would actually prove to be lethal. The following day, the pair pulled over to the side of the road on ro Route 202 and stood outside of the vehicle pretending that they were having car trouble. They waited in hopes that a good Samaritan would see and pull see them and pull over to try to help. Well, unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. 22-year-old Deanna Buse was driving by when she saw the two boys, so she promptly pulled over to offer her assistance. I got to be honest. If I was a woman, I'm not sure I would pull over for two men. Yeah. Especially two young Correct, men. I'm like, you'll figure it out. There is this naivete in the country. Exactly. You know, this is yes. Like kind of like hippiness of what's going down. You know, there wasn't as much stranger danger as, yeah. as there is now. And I do think that we overblow it now, to be fair. But like, I yeah. don't know. As a woman, I'm just, I can't see myself stopping even for one dude, let alone two. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And when she approached the car, of course, Thomas pulled out his gun and forced her into the vehicle. Leonard then got into her sedan and followed Thomas as they drove to a place called Echo Lake with Deanna as their captive. According to Leonard, up until this point, the plan had only been to rob the Good Samaritan and steal her car. Upon arriving to Echo Lake, however, it appeared Thomas had a very different plan in mind. While Leonard, wait while Leonard waited in Deanna's sedan, Thomas forced her at gunpoint into a secluded part of the woods. I mean, this is getting... Deep and dark really quickly, especially if it's only, you know, Leonard is, ba or, uh, yeah, Leonard is saying basically like this was, you know, this wasn't meant to be something deep and dark, but it's really getting there quickly, basically. And why? Right. That's what I mean. What is the motive just behind why? this? why? Yeah. Well, while Leonard waited, uh, oh no, I just mentioned that. Sorry. So there were, there he forced her to strip down and shot her a total of five times with his pistol, leaving her body in the woods. I mean, I. if you. If you just want to steal the car, 
right. steal the car right at gunpoint you know why do you have to make her strip down just to shoot her yeah and like was this your original intention again it's like it's just unsettling all around but nonetheless leonard and thomas then abandoned their car in seattle and took off in deanna's car as they continued south towards oregon um, over the next few days, they kept a low profile, not causing any problems as they stopped for food and lodging along the way. On the 21st, Deanna's car got a flat tire, and as the pair were pulled over on the side of the road, a man named Sam Ledgerwood saw them changing the tire and decided to pull over for help in an act of kindness that, tragically, Darren would probably and officially become his last, which is really unsettling. By the way, everyone's so nice. You know, they see two kid, two 18-year-old guys like pulled over. This is the over. naivete of the country. Yeah. What I don't really understand is, like, they already had a car, so why did they have to get another car? Yeah, maybe they're, like, they're realizing what, you know, like, the police may be on to them, so they were trying to get different cars. Like, But why still Deanna's car in the beginning anyway? To begin with, yeah. They already yeah. have car troubles. Right. So I'm just like, are they going to pawn it? Like... Who knows? Well, instead yeah. of accepting the kindness... Thomas shot Sam twice in the head and left his body on the side of the road. Now, this is becoming like, obviously, like, it doesn't sound like this is a serial killer situation. But if you're willing to just murder people left and right to just keep driving in a car to an unknown location, like, you just wonder what kind of psychosis is going on with this person or what their motive is or what would ever. I mean, this is why we like true crime, right? Like, what would cause somebody to do something so insidious and disturbing yeah just the fact that there's what we can't really find outside of maybe money but like right. just making her go into the woods to strip down to then shoot her just right. feels weird it feels like a control thing in some sort of yeah way. well so after leaving his body on the side of the road the two then set fire to deanna's car and fled the scene in sam's vehicle which is a 1967 green buick now, Sam's body and the burning vehicle were discovered by someone driving by very shortly thereafter, but by that time, Thomas and Leonard were long gone, headed towards California at this point. Another two days passed as the boys continued to drive before they passed two hitchhikers, two men or two people named Timothy Luce and Susan Bartolome. At first, Thomas and Leonard passed by the two, but after a few minutes, the car pulled over and drove in the opposite direction towards the hitchhikers. The hitchhikers, Timothy and Susan, were teenagers from Yukai, California, who were trying to make their way back home after their car broke down on the side of the road. So lots of car problems, by the way. Yeah, exactly. We've got cars on fire. We've got stolen vehicles. We've gotten flat tires that have ended in murder. Like a lot of things are going on here. Well, Susan recounts that Leonard was the uh, was the one driving at this point. The two so she obviously survives. Right. Whatever's about Spoiler to happen. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the two agreed to give the teens a ride home, but after a few miles of driving, Susan and Tim noticed that Leonard had not been following their directions, which is like really terrifying. Which you can't look on. You know, you're not popping out an iPhone in 1967 or whenever this was and looking at your location. I feel like if you're if you're a hitchhiker and you're in the back and you're telling them where to go, you might not recognize right away that they didn't take that left turn when you asked them to. No, and that would be very scary. But keep in mind that he might have some mental, uh, yeah, atypicalness, and so maybe yeah. he can't. 
Yeah, that's a good point. point. Yeah, that's a good point. And let's not forget, after murdering a couple of people, you know, maybe mentally he's just deprived in that way as well. Mm -hmm. Well, before they could point out that they were headed in the wrong direction, Thomas pointed both of the guns at them and began making threats. Leonard pulled the car over and remained in the car with Susan while Thomas forced him out and into the woods. I can only really imagine what either one of them is thinking at this point. Like, just abject terror. But according to Susan, now again, she must have survived because she lives to tell the tale of recounting this. According to Susan, the two walked until they were no longer visible through the trees. And shortly after, she heard a gunshot. Now, Thomas returned to the car alone a few minutes later. I can only imagine, like, my heart beating just out of my chest with this. As he got in the car, he told Leonard that he had found $6 in Tim's wallet. John, could you do the conversion rate of 1967 <laughs> sure, yeah. $6 to $2023? My guess is it's like $21 maybe or something like that, maybe even less. I like that we're doing uh, prices right stuff here. $21 really is your bid? Okay, let's see. Yeah. Let's see what it was. Uh, Convert it. 1967. We're going to do this live on, on the show. Live on air. April 2023. Six bucks is uh no data available in the month and year. Okay, come on now. Let's, okay, well, I mean, let's it doesn't see. have to be the month. Yeah, we're not doing monthly. All right. $19.67 to today. $6, the same by any of Well, bls.gov is not giving me that. Let me try another Okay, one. well, don't judge you the do government that. website. <laughs> That's anyway. true. Let's do this. We'll if it. in 1967, I mean, this is yeah, this good. Is very, I purchase yeah. an item for $6. Here we go. I think we're going to get somewhere. Are we getting then in 2023, it? that same item would cost, ooh, Darren, you're you're not over, $54. Wow. And 22 cents. So that's a significant amount of money in 1967. Six bucks. I mean, not to shoot someone, but 50 bucks. Yeah, no, definitely not. But then again, this is what I mean. Like, what are their motives here? Like, what did they need this money for aside from a potential joyride together? Maybe doing, just to live their lives and get out of the get out of town. their shitty home life. So yeah, well, that's true. The three of them drove off to the scene, leaving Tim's body to be discovered later that evening. And Leonard and Thomas kept Susan hostage as they drove. Along the way, they made three stops, a service station to get gas, a restaurant, and finally a motel where Thomas and Leonard raped Susan repeatedly. And it's funny because right before I was about to say this, I was like, thank God there's no sex acts going on. Yeah, I know. And around 11 p.m., the pair forced Susan back into the car and drove to a second motel a few miles away. Thomas began demanding that Susan contact her parents and beg for ransom money. But Susan insisted that her parents didn't have any money to give. And I was reading this and I was kind of curious, like, would I mean I would definitely protect my parents, but would I try and call them in an attempt to be like, Mom, Dad, I've been, you know, like, would I try? Would I protect yeah. them? Would I? I don't know. It's who knows. Hopefully, we'll never know. But it's like, yeah, and you want to protect them, but you also want to survive. I mean, yeah, it's a really tough situation. Well, after spending a couple hours at the new motel, they left again. Only this time, the boys had absolutely no intention of taking Susan with them. While waiting outside of the car, Thomas snuck up on Susan and mm. shot her in the spine mm. before dumping her in a ditch on the side of the road. Now, Thomas and Leonard left her for dead, but underestimated Susan's strength. Hell and yeah, they did. Gotta be honest. 
like female empowerment here. Like this woman has been <laughs> yes. tortured. This woman has been raped. This yeah. woman was shot in the fucking spine, mm-hmm. dumped in a ditch mm-hmm. and survives. Now, miraculously, Susan did survive the shooting, as we said. And despite being completely paralyzed from the waist down, mm. she managed to crawl out of the ditch to a more visible location. Wow. Around 6 a.m., approximately an hour after she was shot, an elderly couple named Mr. and Mrs. Meese found Susan and rushed to her aid. The authorities were called, and Susan was able to provide a detailed description of her kidnappers and the vehicle they were driving. Wow. A full-on manhunt ensued as police all over the county began watching for the green Buick Susan described. Well, and also, I'm wondering if the police at this point are making the connection of all the dead people that he's that they've left behind, and the and and the um the car that's on fire. I mean, you wonder if there's any kind of manhunt happening from that situation alone, or if they've yeah, drawn the any connections. The only thing I'll say is they keep switching cars, so right, maybe like so that tough. helps them. Yeah. Well, only hours later, after managing to avoid the authorities throughout their crime spree, Thomas and Leonard were finally located. The police received a tip that Sam's green Buick had been spotted at a motel where Thomas and Leonard had registered two rooms under the names of Mike and John Ford. Hmm. And when police arrived, the two young men knew the jig was up, and they surrendered themselves without any resistance, also surprising, calmly walking themselves out of the motel to be arrested. Hmm. Inside the motel room, police found multiple wallets they had stolen from their victims, two pistols, and several cartridges of ammunition. Inside the vehicle, they found an additional three suitcases containing even more ammunition and a rifle. This is just two guys over, you know, what do you need all this stuff for? (laughs) Yeah, and you know, when you hear motels and checking in 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 the middle of nowhere... The first thing that comes to my mind is drugs, but we don't have any research that points to anything about there being any kind of like drug trafficking situation. I mean, again, they're 18. Maybe they aren't even aware of how to do that, but I don't know. Do you ever feel, do you feel like there's like drugs? I don't know. Every time I hear motels and crossing state lines and murder, it just sounds like drug stuff to me. It feels seedy for sure, but like this is 1967. What are they, what are they trying to accomplish here? And the fact that they're, you know, kind of walking out willfully. I know. Well, it seems like they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. And upon arrest, Leonard was eager to tell police everything, including details about murders that hadn't already been linked to them. As I was just mentioning, he gave full descriptions of what happened and where to find the remains of the victims they'd amassed since the beginning of their murderous road trip. Um, you know, remember that a couple of them at least were in the middle of the woods and one was left on right. the side of the road. It's, it's tragic. Um, Thomas, however, wasn't so willing to talk. In fact, the power dynamic between the two soon became clear when Leonard started explaining to investigators how Thomas had used intimidation and fear to coerce him into assisting with his crimes. This is giving me vibes of, if you remember the John John Lee Malvo case, the DC sniper. He, mm. you know, those two. One was like significantly older and the other one was, I think, like 17 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you know, he was basically said like he coerced me into make doing all this stuff for him or he was going to kill me. And it sounds very similar to this. Well, it's interesting how easily Leonard is giving it up because it almost feels like and maybe I'm just thinking of the Lenny thing then and maybe the mental, you know, incapacity to kind of handle that. But you'd sort of think he would be loyal to him, you know, especially Thomas is like, shut the fuck up. Don't say anything. Don't do this. And here he is kind of blabbing away about it. So it's also very interesting in that point of view, too. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Both men each uh, entered a plea of guilty initially, but on advice of counsel, they each switched their pleas to not guilty Mm. by reason of insanity. Mm. 
In this trial, or sorry, in his trial, Leonard took the stand in his own defense, which they say never do, recounting to the jury how Thomas had threatened him with the guns on several occasions during the spree. I think that's probably to be expected, right? Somebody who's collecting guns and packing guns, they're probably also going to intimidate you with guns if they're also murdering people in your presence. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He said he never had any intention of actually hurting anyone, but after Thomas shot Deanna, he became afraid for his life. A criminal psychologist argued on Leonard's behalf that his IQ was estimated to be about 84, towing the line of mental disability. I've never had an IQ test, so I don't know what 84 means, but we do know that that, you know, it is, a, you know, very close to a mental disability, as we mentioned at the top of the show. I just think about the scene in Forrest Gump when little Forrest Gump is getting that IQ test and he's like, this is the average. He's like, Forrest is right about here. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like I just remembered it being lower than the average. And so I don't even remember what it was. 65, maybe it was kind of low. I don't remember, but yeah. I haven't seen that movie since I was so young. Love it. Well, it was suggested to the jury that mercy should be shown to Leonard because his low intelligence made him highly susceptible to manipulation, especially from someone with a domineering personality such as Thomas. The prosecution raised the points that Leonard had willingly participated in raping Susan and that if he had truly feared for his life, he likely wouldn't have been able to consummate that assault. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think there's... why, But maybe, you know, Thomas forced him to rape her, but just like, I don't know. Well, and you also have to think, though, I mean, is are those crimes necessarily indicative of the same mental fortitude? Like, maybe someone, you know, maybe we hear about this too, like people who have mental disability, you know, may not know the right and wrong of that kind of of sexual assault, which is tragic and unsettling, but you just, you do have to consider it. Well, the prosecution, um, excuse me. So ultimately the jury still found Leonard guilty, but on the lesser charge of second degree murder, instead of the first degree murder charge, he was charged, sorry, first degree murder that he was charged with. Leonard was also found guilty of kidnapping and raping Susan. So for these crimes, Leonard was sentenced to life in prison. And as previously stated, Thomas also attempted to enter a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. A criminal psychologist took to the stand in Thomas's defense and said that he believed him to suffer from both schizophrenia and psychopathy. Hmm. He said that because Thomas was not capable of feeling empathy for other people, he should be found not guilty and should be sent to a psychiatric facility for treatment. I don't know. I want to be very respectful and and cognizant of psychiatric disabilities, but I don't know. If someone is out here killing someone and whether they feel empathy or not, I'm not sure that that's justification for them to not pay the price. What's what's the line? Because like a cold-blooded murderer... Probably do they doesn't ever feel, feel empathy, empathy, yeah, empathy exactly. but also they're not insane either. Right. You know, I mean, I do think you have to be a level of something in order to kill another person. But right. like, what's the line of knowing what you're doing and not knowing what yeah, you're doing? Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't sit right with me, to be honest, that particular endorsement. But this argument, however, Darren, just like us, did not sway the jury who found Thomas guilty on counts of first degree murder, kidnapping, rape, and assault with the intent to murder. And he was sentenced to death. Now, no charges were ever filed for either of the deaths of Deanna Buse or Sam Ledgerwood. So despite mm. there being connections, no charges were ever filed. 
Wow. So I think there's a lot of conversation here around mental health and how it plays into people who murder. But I mean, I don't know, at least in this particular, you know, justice system and this particular courtroom, it wasn't enough to sway the jury in 19, whenever this was, 60 something. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it just feels like it's truly in cold blood and the fact that there's really no, they didn't have to do this. They weren't forced to do this. They took a road trip. Yeah. You know, like I understand kind of wanting to get away from your alcoholic, abusive father. Yeah. But outside of that, it doesn't really make much sense. Obviously, let us know what you guys think at Jay Thresh or at Carpe Darren. Um, yeah, let us get us in. Let's get yeah, us listen into some us. listener shout outs, John. So Ariana, one of our lovely sussy radish, longtime sussy radish, I believe. Yes, on Patreon. and we have a new little sussy sus. We do. Ariana has a new sussy sus uh, newborn uh, and who was also in our live stream last week. Uh, Darren, I think you had missed it. We were just getting started in the live stream, but, uh, Ariana was showing us her cute little dog. I think it's her daughter. I hope I'm right about that. Um, in our special merch and a, in a onesie that says I'm a sussy radish. You, if you know, you know, which you can buy, uh, if you're interested in the show notes, we have links out to our merch, but I loved the picture so much, but she was showing um, showing us in the live stream her daughter with the onesie on, and right as she showed us, oh wait, Darren, maybe you were on that. Her daughter, barfed. I didn't see the barf. I, she yeah. barfed all over it. It was pretty gross. And I said, amazing. I was like, Ariana, if you could share that photo, because I wanted to share it. So she says, John Thrasher, here's before the barf. She had to rep mom's. Who was so cute. She was so, so cute. cute. Had to rep mom's favorite podcast always. So Ariana and family, thank you for repping and loving our show so much. It really means a lot. Like, you know, it's one thing if you love the show, you guys, but when you share it with your kids or your pets, you know, it just gives, it makes, it really warms our heart over here. That's the best. Yeah. I agree. Um, Kids and pets all the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Sacred Chicken, speaking of pets, Sacred Chicken wanted to weigh in (laughs) about feeding cats, John. Quote, my two cats are listening to this with me. They say yes to automatic feeders and waterers as long as there's also treats on oh. demand when you're present. The yeah, costume yeah. idea gets a big old no. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, Sacred Chickens is an amazing name, another Patreon supporter. It sounds like I need to get uh, an automatic feeder. I don't know. If you listen to NMR, you'll know that Magic, my cat, recently escaped from my house not once. Not twice, but three times last week. he's literally week. the prisoner of Azkaban. Yes, because he, he is. doesn't get any treats, so he has to escape. That's so funny, Darren. I love that, uh, that, that connection. So Sacred Chickens, thank you for the details. I will let everybody know when I've upgraded uh, Magic's life. But in the meantime, if you want to comment uh, on Patreon or join us for a future live stream, you can sign up today. Um, you can be a best a friend, a best friend, a radish, or a sussy radish. And if you want to watch this week's episode, which you just listened to, you have to be a sussy radish on Patreon because they get exclusive, not only video podcasts, Darren, but we should also mention our video podcasts on Patreon are ad-free. So That's if you're right. one of those people who doesn't like listening to the ads and we get it, but they do pay our bills, but we get it. You can watch and listen, if you'd like, uh, on Patreon as a Sussy Radish. Links for Patreon, our merch, including our onesies, uh, are all available in our show notes right now. That's right. And of course, thanking our fearless leader, Megan, for this lovely research this week. Obviously, keep those suggestions coming from you guys because we want Megan to keep researching those. So make sure you guys are doing it. But on the count of three, one, two, three. Thanks, thanks, Megan. Megan. We love you. 
And uh, we guys, we'll see you guys next week. Go Rangers. We'll see you guys next week <laughs> for another episode of Shaken and Disturbed. And remember to check your freshies. Check your freshies. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.